Hello, Health Investor. Welcome to another episode of the Health Investment Podcast. Today, you're going to hear from Florian Fritz. Florian is the founder of the Money Hero Academy, where he is teaching how to create financial freedom by improving your money mindset, money management, and money-making skills. As a financial advisor, Florian realized during the last financial crisis in 2008 that the financial industry was only looking out for their own best interest and not that of their clients. That's when he learned from some of the world's best financial coaches, like Robert Kiyosaki and many others. He tested many of these learnings working with a real estate company, increasing their sales by 86% per year on average for nine years, and helping hundreds of people to improve their investment returns. Today, he teaches what he learned and his own experience that allows everyone to take control of their finances and create the life of their dreams instead of always hoping for the next raise or the next client. In the episode, Florian shares how not to let fear get in the way of investing, why rudimentary financial knowledge is absolutely necessary, how to become financially free, and more. But before we get to the episode, I want to share one of my favorite resources with you, thrivemarket.com. I don't know about you, but I used to think eating healthy meant I had to spend a lot of time and money at the grocery store. That is until I discovered Thrive Market. Thrive is an online grocery shopping platform that's essentially a mix of Costco, Whole Foods, and Amazon. Since Thrive delivers groceries directly to your door, they're able to cut out all middle people and heavily discount their inventory. When I buy groceries on Thrive versus going to my local supermarket, I save at least $20 per order, and I'm able to fill up my cart from the comfort of my couch. To read my full Thrive Market review, steal my shopping list of over 150 items, and save additional money on your first order, Visit thehealthinvestment.com slash Thrive Market, or just click through the link in the show notes. All right, it's time to hear from Florian. Enjoy. I'm Brooke Simonson, certified nutrition coach and your host of the Health Investment Podcast. If you're ready to look and feel your best without any confusion, frustration, or stress, you're in the right place. Each week, I interview experts and share no-nonsense, research-backed tips so that you can finally lose weight for good, eat healthy long-term, have the high energy you crave, and feel like a million bucks. I'm so happy you're here with me today. Don't forget to hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Hi, Florian. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Health Investment Podcast. Hi, Brooke. Thank you for inviting me. I think you're my first guest from Austria, so this is very exciting. (laughs) Yeah, I'm super excited to to be able to to come up over the ocean and join you. Yeah, exactly. I'm also really interested in these these conversations around finances because I think finances, money, this impacts our overall health, whether we are in a good financial standing or a poor financial standing. So I think it's a really important topic. And I've had a couple experts in the past talk about finances and those episodes have been really popular. So I'm excited to hear your take on everything and get some great tips from you. 
Great. I'll, I'll be happy to give any, any tips I have. And uh, you're totally right. Uh, the rich people are healthier than poor people. Uh, so money obviously has something to do with our health. <laughs> mm, yeah, right. Can you specifically tell us about your background and what led you to become a financial advisor in the first place and then eventually to start Money Hero Academy? Sure. Um, well, first of all, it was a sort of coincidence. I didn't plan to become a financial advisor, uh, but I finished university when uh, right in the dot-com bubble crisis. So there were not a lot of jobs. So the first thing I did was around the world trip. So I left for half a year. Oh, wow. <laughs> Um, and when I came back or shortly after, a um, colleague from university called me and said, yeah, I'm at this financial advisory company and we're looking for people. Would you like to join and work here? Uh, and I said, well, yeah, why not? Sounds interesting. And so I started and the topic is interesting for me. I, I do love numbers and finance and money. Uh, so the topic was good and working with people, uh, helping them was good as well. Uh, so I had fun and had good, very good months making good money. I had pretty bad months as well. <laughs> it was up and down, up and down. And what I found in the at the latest in the next crisis, like in the um, subprime 2008, was that I didn't, didn't really like how the financial industry is treating the clients, meaning the client takes all the risk and pays lots of fees and the banks and the investment companies take all the money. <laughs> huh. They get the profit, whether markets are good, whether their clients are losing or winning they get the profits. So I didn't really like that. And I wanted to do it differently. I wanted to have more win-win situations, like good for the clients and good for the industry is good. That's okay. So I was looking for something like that. Wow. Yeah. Started working with a real estate company, finding investors for them, because at that time they had a very fair offer and started uh, educate, educating myself. I just started traveling the world to learn from some of the best trainers, people like Robert Kiyosaki and T.R.F. Ecker and Tony Robbins and um, so great names. And I traveled from Singapore to Phoenix and from South Africa to, to the London. So really all, all over. And that's how I got uh, the idea because one of those trainers was teaching how to teach. Um, and yeah, that got me the idea. I could actually be helping people instead of selling them a financial product. I could be telling them how to do it themselves. So nice. they don't need the bank and the financial advisor anymore and pay all those fees, but they actually can do that themselves with just little time, a month, an hour a month or something, something that everybody can do. Um, and that's how I got into uh, teaching instead of selling financial products. Wow. And so then in Money Hero Academy, is it essentially that you spend about an hour or so a month getting a financial education so that you can do your investments yourself? Well, the education in the beginning is a little longer. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, the education is a bit more. I have a, a two-month program where people actually get a... a, a a video input every second day so they have a day in between to uh to be flexible with with time and those videos are i don't know around 20 minutes so every second day for two months it's it's actually 30 30 videos they get where we go through the education and we do weekly uh a, a one hour calls for q a uh and but after that uh people should be able to to handle their their finances well with let's say half an hour to one hour a month. Oh, wow. That's great. 
Would you say that most people lack a solid financial education? Is that why they seek you out? Yes, people. We don't learn about money in school, do you? Did you? I did not. No. <laughs> That's that seems to be all over the world, and I do have clients from all over the world. We don't learn about money in school. And I think that's on purpose that we don't, because here our government is, they, they're constantly talking, we should have better financial education in school. Yeah, they keep talking about it for years, but they never do anything. So I think it's on purpose. They don't want you to have financial education. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. So um, because if you stay dumb and poor, you're better, you're easier to control, right? <laughs> Yeah, sadly. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the way it is. So they yeah. don't want us to have financial education. That's why we're not getting it. But you can learn it yourself. You don't have to say, okay, I didn't learn about money in school. I don't know anything. Um, you can go and learn it. Mm. So, yeah, getting financial education is very important. And the next problem is that people don't really know what it means. Yeah, what does it mean? <laughs> uh, it's... Like, yeah, do I have to study economics? No, absolutely not. I have a degree in business and we didn't learn anything about personal finance, right? So after, even if you have a business degree, you don't really know how to handle your money. So it's learning the language of money. What's, uh, what's a financial statement uh, for your, having a financial statement for your personal? Uh, what's, what does income and expenses mean? Um, expenses... Six, there was a study, 66% of uh, people, I think it was a US study, uh, don't have no idea how much money they spent last month. Mm. And 50% of people, same study, have issues with money. I think there might be some connection between those two numbers, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, so know your expenses and expenses should actually help you grow your income. So if you spend money, think, does this help me to make more money? And then assets and liabilities, people con constantly confuse those, right? We learn that your house or your apartment is your biggest asset, right? Uh -huh. Or your, your car is an asset or things like that. But if you want to uh, grow wealth, then an asset is something that puts money in your pocket, something that gives makes you money. And a liability is something that costs you money. Hmm. Your house, does that make you money or cost you money? It costs money, right? You have to pay taxes, you have to pay repairs and this and this and that. So it costs you money. Your house is actually a liability. And, and it's a, if you have a mortgage, it's an, asset, it's an asset to the bank, not to you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so people confuse those two things, things that cost them money and things that make them money. And that's, that's a very important part of financial education. And then understanding interest and compound interest, which is super powerful if you use it and super expensive if you have to pay for it for, for your credit card debt, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, so understanding compound interest. So understanding the language of money and some of these concepts, that's the financial education that people should have. I When you were talking about a house, I feel like a lot of people think that the house makes them money, right? That it's an investment, but you're talking about it more like it's a liability. Is it a liability until you sell the house? And at that point, it's an asset? Yeah, it's an. Um, it becomes an asset if you make a profit with it, right? Got it, okay. But if up until then, it's a liability. <laughs> exactly, right? It's like, uh, if you look at gold, for example, yeah, what is gold? It doesn't give make you any money, so you don't really know. In the end, when you sell it, 
did you make a profit with an asset <laughs> to make a loss? It was a, it was a liability. Right. And your house is definitely a liability while you're paying f every month, you're paying something for it. Mm -hmm. Okay, if you say after 10 years, I made a super profit because prices went up, um, then it's good. You have some money. But then what do you do with the money? Most people buy a bigger house, meaning <laughs> they buy a bigger liability mm -hmm. and they produce more expenses. And then they are dependent on that job thing they hate uh, because they have to pay those expenses, right? Right. And instead, if they would buy a smaller house or a house of the same size and take that money, they, they that profit and buy something that actually makes them money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you said your expenses should help you make more money. And that seems counterintuitive to me, right? Because it's like your, your expenses, you're giving money out, but then you should be making more money. Do you mean just by investing? That's an expense. And then yeah, you're making for example, more? If, we, if we are still talking about houses, uh, you buy a second house. That's um, liability. That's an expense. You're paying some money. But you should pay less than the tenants of that house if you rent it out, pay you. Mm -hmm. Got it. So, so then that makes you money. And so that makes you money. Or, yeah, so, and it doesn't have to be a house. There's lots of other things. You can buy a website that makes money. <laughs> right. Or you could buy investments. You could buy, yeah, all sorts of business, investments. There are lots of things you can buy that make you money. Got it. A lot of people will say, I need to buy a house as an investment versus renting. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Should everybody be looking to buy a house or should only certain people be looking to buy versus rent? That, that's actually a pretty complicated calculation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because that's totally different. That depends on how long do you want to stay in that house. Uh, like here in Austria, most people stay their whole life in one house. Mm -hmm. Then buying it makes sense. Got it. If you move every five years, then buying it doesn't make much sense. Mm -hmm. Then renting it makes more sense. Okay. So that's a little bit depends on your personal situation, on your future plans, on the house that you're buying or renting. Uh, in many cases, renting is actually cheaper. Okay. It's really fascinating that you said 66% of people don't know what their expenses were from the previous month. And yeah. as you were talking also about this financial education, it's almost as if we don't get it in school so we feel really kind of confused and dumb, as you said, in terms of finances. And then we think in order to learn about it, also, as you mentioned, we have to get some fancy degree or we have to hire somebody who's going to help us. So we're all kind of living in this gray middle area where it's like, I didn't learn it in school. I don't want to hire an advisor. So I'll just kind of ignore what's going on is that what you find that most people are doing exactly that's what most people are doing uh they don't want an advisor and yeah they they have some some there's some truth in that many there's good advisors there's great advisors but many advisors look at in the first place on their commissions so they will give you at, uh, investments that pay the highest commissions to them mm -hmm. and that's not exactly in your interest right Mm -hmm. And then next year they will say, oh, we made a great profit. Let's take the profit and buy another investment. That's fees for you again and commissions for them again. So 
many advisors and that's why it um, yeah has sort of a bad name <laughs> yeah uh, many advisors do that and that's why people are afraid they they just want to sell me something yeah. but that leaves them in that uh, gray area in the middle where they don't really know what they're doing because they didn't get the financial education and they don't, don't trust anyone and yeah that's what you should change you read a couple of books um, or do a course with someone like me and learn how to handle your money better what are some of your favorite books on this topic well my two favorite well the not three favorite the first and easiest one is and a nice story it's an easy read is uh the richest man in babylon huh. from george clayson I think he's George Clayson. Yes, George. I think so. <laughs> That's Rich fine. I'll look at it. I'll link these in the show notes. And so we'll yeah. make sure um, we get the name right. But yeah, okay. Good, that's definitely a good one. Then uh, Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Okay. And T. Harv Ecker, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. Hmm. Those are the three I would recommend to start with. Great. Uh, and I know Secrets of the Millionaire Mind, is that a lot about mindset? Yes. Okay, because yeah. I know you talk about that. So yeah. what do you mean when you say that your financial success really depends a lot on your mindset? Yeah, well, our results are determined by our behavior, right? Mm -hmm. Like um, nobody ever got ever fat from one piece of cake, but if you eat a whole cake every day, you'll soon see the difference, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> and you don't get poor from buying one piece of cake. But if you buy lots of stuff that you don't really need every day, you'll see the difference in your bank account. Right. Now, our behavior is determined by how we think, by our belief system, by our mindset. If you think you have to work hard for money, what are you probably going to do? Work hard. For exactly. Money. <laughs> and are all those hardworking people rich? No. No, they're not, right? Most of them are broke. Yeah. So there's something wrong with that belief, but it determines your behavior, right? Um, you work hard, you work hard, you work hard, and you get little money for it. And as a Rockefeller said, if you work all day, you have no time to make money. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> so you have to change that mindset with all those things that we learned that money doesn't grow on trees, money is the root of all evil, Um Giving is better than receiving. Um, all these, or you have to work hard for money, and only rich people get, uh, or you need money to make money, all those things, right? If you believe it, then first of all, you won't even start because it's only for rich people. Then uh, you don't want, don't, if even if you get money, you'll have to get rid of it again because you don't want to be a bad person. Like even if you do, if it's just your subconscious that will help you to get rid of the money, because you don't want to be a bad person, and yeah, that so you work hard and work hard and work hard, and it doesn't lead to lead nowhere. You have to change that beliefs first, that actually you can work smart and make money, uh, make more money that way. Another quote from Rockefeller says, it's better to take one day a month to think about your money than to work the whole month for it. Hmm. So take a month to actually plan. What do you want? Most people don't get what they want because they don't know what they want, right? Mm -hmm. So right. Start, start with finding out what you actually want 
yeah. and then think about okay how can i get that does the the work i'm doing right now does that lead me to where i want to be right uh there's so much mindset stuff. I think I work with clients on nutrition and weight loss coaching, and we do a whole lot of mindset stuff with that. But I find we make up a lot of stories in our minds. So like you said, you have to work hard to make money is a story we kind of have maybe circulating in our mind. And so then something I challenge them with all the time is if they say, for example, I have to work out every single day if I want to lose weight, then we ask ourselves, is that true? Is there one person out there who isn't working out every single day and has lost weight and is able to maintain their weight? And then they'll say, well, actually, yeah. And then we just kind of unwind that story. And so it's, it's reminding me of the same type of thing of, I have to work hard if I want to make money. Is that true? There are a lot of people who work 20 hours a week and probably make more or definitely make more than people who are working hundreds of hours a week. So you know, again, it's just, it's a lot to unwind in your mind and to kind of realize that first before you can make any changes. But um, I think that's such a good point. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Um, it's the same thing, with, as, as you said, it's just totally the same thing. People have their beliefs around health and weight loss, and you have to change those. And it's the same thing in money. And when people think, actually, there's two things people can do if they think, believe that you have to work hard for money. One is work hard. And the other say is, oh, actually, I don't want to work hard. So I say things like, oh, money is not important. Mm. So they find excuses. That's the other option people have. Right. Really, really interesting. So, okay, secrets of the millionaire mind that can kind of help to start rewiring your money story. Absolutely. That gives a lot of differences between uh, the way rich people think about money and poor people think about money and compare that and you'll find that the rich people way of thinking actually makes a lot more sense. Right. And it also gives you one of the or the easiest money management system in the world. That's hmm. also in that book. Oh, interesting. Hey there, health investor. I hope you're enjoying the episode. Just popping in here for a quick minute to share an exciting opportunity with you. Outside of hosting this podcast, I work as a nutrition coach specializing in sustainable weight loss. If you've been struggling to lose weight and actually keep it off, I'd love to connect with you in my group or one-on-one coaching program. Unlike restrictive, hard-to-follow diets that only provide short-term results, I help you adopt science-backed habits and an everything-in-moderation mindset so that you can lose weight permanently feel completely in control of your cravings, have steady energy throughout the day, and stick with healthy habits long-term. To learn more about my coaching programs and apply to work with me, visit thehealthinvestment.com or follow me on Instagram at thehealthinvestment. Now, back to the episode. Uh, I think another money story, and you mentioned this as well, is just you have to be rich to invest Mm-hmm. And so if you think that, then obviously you just wouldn't invest because you'd think I don't have enough money to invest. Can you talk more about that? Sure. You can start investing from, I don't know, $10. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, if you if you think uh, investing is only for rich people and uh, I need, I don't know, 100,000 or millions for, for that, then obviously you won't start and you won't even go and get the information what you could do. But there is a lot of things you can do with with 
10 euros, uh, $10, same thing. It's, that's the same thing at the moment. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you can you can go out if you if you buy there's stocks that cost just a couple of cents. You don't want to buy those, but they are there. You could. Right. And then there is um, brokers where you can buy fractions of stocks. So even if you say, I want to have, a, I want to invest in Apple because I do believe that Apple will be there after whatever crisis comes and they have tons of money in, in their bank accounts sitting around. So I think uh, Apple is a good investment. Then I can go to one of those brokers that offer fractional shares and I can take my $10 and buy, a, I don't know, 10% of a share or whatever I'm getting, 7% of a share right now. Mm. of apple so i can do that and then there is uh, etfs which is a type of fund that uh, that has very low cost because there is no fund manager they're just uh following the average of the market and i can can invest in 500 companies if i take the s&p 500 the 500 largest u.s companies if i invest in an etf that's following those 500 companies i can invest my ten dollars and own a share of 500 companies Mm-hmm. and I can do that every month and if I do it every month then I have another um, advantage uh, it's called cost average dollar cost averaging that I buy cheap when the market's dropping I buy cheap like when do you go and buy shoes when they're expensive when they're, when they're cheap mm-hmm. when they're cheap right when they're cheap right Yeah. you should do the same with stocks but people do the opposite in investment right they buy expensive and then when it drops they panic and sell that's why most people lose right so you just want to keep buying 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 every month through the whole crisis and recession and that's that's coming now uh, or it's already here but it's getting it's going to get worse so just keep buying every month and then in two three four years you'll have a great profit okay and and then if you're planning on keeping your money in there for even longer you'll have an even better profit it's just Yes, absolutely. Just keep doing that for 10, 20, 40 years, whatever, um, and you'll be fine. If you, do 10, if you don't do $10 a month for, for your kids right now and the, until 60, uh, they don't need to do anything else for retirement. Wow. Yeah. I mean, and that just is so manageable, $10 a month. Yeah. And then if you could work up to $100 or, you know, however you allocate your finances, but... I think that is just a great myth busting fact right there that you don't need more than two coffees, right? You could invest, instead of buying two coffees at Starbucks, you could put that money every month into investing. And that if you just did that, you'd be better off. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. And the, the earlier you start, the better that's the, the, this, the power of compounding as Einstein said, the, uh, largest power in the universe it's compounding uh the longer you do it the greater the effect that's why i say ten dollars a month will be enough if you have 60 years uh, you'll be a millionaire i i didn't calculate that right now but that's uh, that's about correct uh wow. if you if you start the later you start the more you have to do if you start with 20 25 you'll have, probably have to do 50 if you start with 30 you'll probably have to do 150 and if you start with 50 you'll have to put in i don't know few hundred and or even a thousand to to get the same results okay i i know sometimes for myself um i've invested in several etfs but then when i want to put more money in it can feel stressful to know which one to put money into 
So how do you recommend, let's say you have a diversified portfolio and you have 20 different ETFs and then you go to put $100 in, how do you choose which one you put it into? First of all, you don't need 20 ETFs. Oh, okay. <laughs> you, don't, you don't need that. You don't need I, that. Okay. I, I, I would say five would be enough. Okay, got it. Um, one, uh, a large US one, uh, like S&P 500 one, um, Europe one, and an emerging markets one. Those okay. Are three. Then, uh, and then a commodities one that has... Um, yeah, gold, metals, gold, silver, uh, agricultural commodities. There's you can have one in in all of them. I I like a gold mining ETF, um, and yeah, usually you would be re, uh, good with with those five, for example. Okay. Um, then you shouldn't only have ETFs only on the paper market. If you really want to be diversified, you need to go out of the paper market as well. Okay. Uh, get, get physical gold and silver or get some real estate, um, get other types uh, other types uh, or ways of investing in commodities. So, uh, But if you start with little money with those $10 a month, then start with an ETF. If okay. you add another $10, get a second ETF. Uh, but the next time you add something, go and buy a physical silver coin. That's, I don't know, $25 right now. Uh, I, I think everybody can do that. So gold is too expensive. Well, get silver, <laughs> but get it physical uh, because, well, if the market shuts down for some reason, the paper markets, because we have a power outage for a couple of weeks or whatever it is, you won't get your um, ETFs. You, you mm -hmm. can't get that money, but you can get take your silver coin and get something for it. Okay. So get some physical uh, gold and silver as well. That's a great insurance against bad government decisions. Okay. And then when you say real estate, do you actually have to invest in real estate or you get, are you talking about REITs? Well, um, both is good. Oh, again, okay. that's two different things. If you buy a REIT, it's invested in real estate, but it's, it's paper again. Right. Of course, to invest in re real real estate, in the physical stuff, you need more money, obviously. Right. Okay. So then you shouldn't really stress about which ETF you put money into in a month because they're all, they'll all grow over time. Is that the idea? Yeah. If you have, if you have 20, then, then you're causing yourself stress. That's yeah. probably too much. They will, they, they'll be invested in much this. If you actually check, what are these invested in? Most of them will be in Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, <laughs> Google, and um, Facebook, yeah, that, that will be like most of your money. So you have to check that you really buy different things mm -hmm. because the emerging markets will go up in a different time than the U.S. markets. Um, commodities go up often up when stocks are not so good. That's why you want to have a commodities uh, ETF as well. So you're in oil and gold and these things as well. Um, that's why you want to have like five, maybe six things, ETFs that are really invested in different areas and different um, investments. Uh, could be a REIT or an, in a real estate ETF, something like that on top. So you have really different types of risk. And then is there ever a time every three to five years, let's say, should you assess and see the growth and are they worth keeping or should you ever sell and go into a new ETF? Well, 
Um, if you do the, the cost average strategy that you buy something every single month, then you check once you have 20% average profit per year, uh, then you could take a, at least the profit away and find something else that might give you an interesting um, entry for that strategy, something that's dropping right now. Mm-hmm. So because for that strategy, you want actually something that's going down first. Right. You want to you buy it cheap. Uh, for the money that you just leave in there, what I would do is every year you go and check uh, like the, uh, the, the balance. Like if one ETF went up 50%, then take some of that profit and put in the other one that didn't go up as much or even went down. So uh, you keep balance, balancing them out. Okay. Interesting. And when interested, interest keeps rising, you might want to get some bonds again as well. Right now, bonds are still not really interesting, um, except for parking cash. Now, if you go into, into T-bills for to park your cash, that's good. You'll get, um, I don't know, 25 2.7% now uh, for very short time so you could park and save your otherwise bonds right now low interest or not interesting but if they keep rise, raising the interest rates we can go back and get some bonds as well where do you stand on cryptocurrency well right now i'm short bitcoin <laughs> <laughs> but i think it's going to drop to probably to 10 12000 that's what i think and as soon as it's below 15, I'm going to start buying again. Oh, okay. So I, I totally believe in cryptocurrencies. I just don't know in which cryptocurrencies. Right. Like Bitcoin is like the big thing and it was the first, but the technology is not that great. So there might be in just like a MySpace effect, right? <laughs> MySpace uh, <laughs> was big and still disappeared yeah. again. So I'm not sure if Bitcoin <laughs> is, is going to be the one that's, that stays. There might be another uh, one coming up. So I do like to invest in in like the biggest couple of of cryptos, but not right now. I'm, I'm I've sold almost everything end of last year, um, and right now I'm waiting to get back in. Right now I'm short. Oh, okay, got it. Um, yeah. I had read a book a while ago called The Millionaire Next Door. I'm sure. Have you read that one? Uh, yes. In- yeah. I'm sure you've read them all. <laughs> Do you no. like that book? Uh, yes, it's a good book, um, but you don't need to read it. I can actually tell you what it says. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, for, for every listener, it says rich people are good with money. Yeah, basically right. So rich people are good at handling their money. That's that's all you learn from that book. And it's a good learning because then you can say, okay, how do rich people handle their money and copy that? Right. Well, and I thought it was just, I think it was the first book I read on finance, but fascinating how the male person had more in investments and savings than the house they were delivering the mail to that had the fancy cars and the mansion and had really nothing in investments or savings. Um, So, and then just recently, I think I heard another financial advisor say that if there's nothing else you kind of take away, just every month you should sort of pay your investments first and then what's left over you have for travel or whatever. Is that essentially what you're saying? Like put the money into your investments, whatever they are first, and then the leftover is what you enjoy? Yes, yes absolutely. That's actually the 
most simple and basic financial advice you can get. And if you follow that, you'll be ahead of, of everyone else. <laughs> Spend less than you earn and invest the difference. Okay. And how do you do that? By taking something away in the beginning. Like why, why people never have money left at the end of the month, right? And no matter how much they earn, I had clients that were making tons of money but at the, they told me, they we sorry, we can't save 300 for our retirement. We'll start later. So how will that help, right? Right. They were making thousands and thousands, 300. No, sorry, we can't do that. Uh, so no matter how much uh, we earn at the end of the month or at the end of the money, there's still a lot of month left. Uh. And there's actually a law called Parkinson's Law that's explaining that, that the demand for something will always match its supply. You, you know that from, from time. If you plan to clean your house in, in two weeks, it's going to take two weeks, right? Mm -hmm. If you plan to do it in two days, uh, you can do the same thing in two days. And if your parents call, they're coming in two hours, you can do it in two hours. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. So demand for something matches, matches the supply for um, in time, and it's, and it's the same with money. If you look at your bank account and you see the money, you're going to spend it. Uh -huh. That's why you have to take it away at the beginning of the month, put it in a different account or invest it directly so it's gone. And then at the end of the month, you will see, okay, there's still no, nothing left, but now you've got something saved. Right. So it's like you pay your investments before you pay yourself type of thing. Exactly. Always pay yourself first. People pay everyone else first, all the bills, and then there's nothing left. Uh -huh. So if you just switch that around, if you pay yourself first, 10%, 15%, 20%, whatever it is, um, depends on how fast you want to get rich, uh, then you will have some money working for you. Right. That's the other cool idea. I think it was in The Millionaire Next Door. It could have been in a different book. But this idea, I'd never thought about it, that while you sleep, your money should be working for you. Yes. So if that you, you don't have to grind, at, you know, working forever and ever. Put your money out there. Let it do the work. And then you can still have your job or whatever, but... Yeah, that's a Warren Buffett quote. If you don't learn how to uh, make money while you sleep, you'll have to work until you die. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, so make that money work. Um, make some profit with it. If you, The easiest thing is buy a couple of ETFs. Um, and over long term, 10, 20 years, you'll make an average of 8, 9% a year. Wow. And then that's no work at all, basically, right? If you just buy those five, six ETFs that we talked about. And if you want to spend a half an hour, an hour a month, you can double that return. And if you want to spend a little more, you can still make more. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's kind of the more time and money you have to invest, the quicker you can see a return on your investments. The more time, it's more the time actually that time. You, need to, you need to learn how to do it. Got it. Yeah. Because what people do. Uh, they go, they hear, oh, I can make money trading, yeah. right? And then they go into uh, the stock market and they start trading. And those people, 90% uh, of people lose 90% of their cash in 90 days. Oh, wow. So you have to learn how it works first. Okay. Why do you think that... Trading is something everybody can do, right? It's like you you don't believe that brain surgery is something that everybody can do, right? You would you wouldn't start and say, okay, let me make some money doing brain surgery to uh, finance my education as a 
surgeon, right? You wouldn't do that. Yeah. So first get some education and that's why you need some put it, to put in some time and maybe some money to make it easier, faster uh, to learn what you're doing. And no matter if you want to do it in stocks or in real estate, um, you actually, you can invest in real estate without money as well. There's ways to do that. Um, and yeah, so first learn what you're doing. You look like you wanted to know how, right? Yeah, <laughs> you can see that on my face. Yeah, I, yeah. you've piqued my interest. How, how do you do that? How do you do uh, invest in uh, real estate without money? Yeah. Well, there is people with money who don't know what to do with it. Uh-huh. Right? There's lots of people. That's why financial advisors and banks live, because there's lots of people with money. And um, if you go and learn about real estate, how to invest and how to make 10% a year with it, with, with a super safe investment, then you can go to those people and say, hey, I've got this deal. Do you want to invest in this deal? Hmm. I'll give you 10% and maybe even less than a year. Are you interested? And they'd probably say, well tell me more or yeah. yes, or something like that. And then you get a mortgage from the bank, you get the investment that you need in your in um, capital from that inv private investor, you do the deal. And then you give the money after refurbishing or selling the house or renting it out or whatever you're planning with that deal, you give some money to the investor and you take some money for yourself. Mm. Interesting. I would have never that, thought that's of that. That's one way of doing it. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. So in terms of mistakes people are making, I think we talked about mindset issues could be holding people back or not paying themselves first every month in terms of putting money in, into investments first. Is there any other big mistake you see most people making that is a quick, easy fix? Well, um, following emotions the next uh, one is following emotions and we have two big emotions when it comes to money which is fear and greed okay right and fear prevents you from investing uh-huh you leave your here in in austria and germany i think that's that's not as much in the u.s but here people have their money in the bank account Mm -hmm. at zero percent interest or in <laughs> germany it's even negative the interest in austria at 0, 0.00 something uh, so they keep their money there because it's safe right right uh i know in the u.s people have it more at least in mutual funds okay well mutual funds are better but still pretty expensive yeah Pretty expensive investment. So they're afraid of um, like going and learning about investing and really investing because it's too risky. And when they get over, somehow get over this, this fear, they get greedy. Oh, I can make 10% a day. The, in, in, like social media is full of, of, of ads with, uh, I don't know, maybe, it's something between 2% and 10% a day. Well, yeah. that's probably a scam. Mm -hmm. right? There's pretty good returns out there. You know, you can make a lot of money trading if you know how it works. But if someone comes and promises you 10% a day, you probably won't see your money again. So the fear and greed thing <laughs> is the problem why people start either don't get any returns because they don't invest or they go they want too much and then they lose money. Well, I think you busted the fear 
today, at least for me, because sometimes I, I have a lot of, like I said, investments brewing out there, but I was fearful at first years ago of what's the right one or, you know, people, I don't want to do it wrong. And I think a lot of people, since it's their money, right. And it's probably harder in money. You don't want to do it wrong. And so then you fear putting it in something that feels less safe than your bank account. And when the markets are up and down, then you have that emotion, maybe again, of fear of I should pull my money out. This isn't working. And so basically you just want to put it in there, set it and forget it, leave it for years and keep adding to it and don't don't fear it just do it yes that's that's the the simple version and you'll still get like eight on eight percent on average over 10 20 years you just don't have you can't panic in between if you panic and take a loss when when you have one and especially now the next year it's gonna go down it might be very ugly but then that's when you buy (laughs) that's when you buy that's when you don't panic that's when you buy and that's why it's good to get some education and get uh, the background information. Okay, why is it going down now? What's happening in the market? Why is it happening and what can I do? How do I make money with it? Right. How I can actually profit from what's happening right now. Right. I'm, I, I have a webinar where I'm showing people with it how I made 70% in six months with this cost average uh, effect. Okay, that, that's not normal. You don't usually do 70% with it. But right now in the situation we have, I think over the next couple of years, there's lots of money to be made. Wow. Uh, and yeah, so get some financial education and then just do it. It doesn't have to be complicated. There's lots right. of simple things and with small money, so everyone can do it. Awesome. Well, one of the final questions I ask each of my guests is, in your opinion, what does it mean to make the health investment? And you can take this however you want, whether you want to take it with money or physical health, mental health, however you want to interpret that. Okay. Well, wealth, as uh, Kiyosaki defines wealth as uh, it's measured in time, mm. right? Health, wealth is measured in time. You can, uh, the how much, if you stop working right now, how much time forward can you lead the same lifestyle that you have right now? So your wealth, is it one month? Is it a year? Is it um, forever? So that's financial freedom then. So that's your wealth. But I want it to be a good time, right? Yeah. Uh, So And health is a very important part of having a, a good time. So if you don't only invest in your money, 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 creating wealth, wealth, work hard, work hard, work hard, and forget about your health. I think it's something uh, you have to take care of at the same time at, of your your physical health, your mental health, and your wealth. You should focus on all three things that so that the the time that you live your financial freedom is the the wealth is actually worth having. Right. You're mobile. You can travel. You can. Yeah. You can enjoy the time. Right. People say, Oh, when I'm retired, I will do this and this and this. And then when they retire, they are sick and broken and die. (laughs) (laughs) Very true. Yes. It's true. Like most of those hardworking people are just, less than five years after they retire, they're dead. Wow. Yeah. So take care of your, invest in your health as well. Take care of it. 
And it's that's as well. It's easier if you have more money because then you can you can eat better food if you uh, you don't have to think about what what will I eat. You just buy the good stuff. You can pay for a personal trainer or a, somebody who a coach who tells you about good nutrition. You won't do that if you don't have money, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So having more money actually helps, and you don't have the stress. And stress, of course, is very bad for your health. Mm-hmm. If you don't have to worry about money, that takes away, I don't know, 80, 90% of people's worries yeah. and stress. And so you enhance your health with that as well. So getting rich is good for your health. Mm. <laughs> well, I love that. Where can listeners follow and find you and learn more about your academy? Well, uh, best thing probably is to join my free face Money Hero Facebook group. Oh, great. That's where I share lots of free tools, tips, techniques, um, and there's already lots of value in there. If you just join the group, which is facebook.com slash group slash money hero. Uh, and, and there I share all the events that I'm doing. I have a free seven day uh, attracting money challenge where we work seven days on your money mindset, turn you into money magnet. Uh, so that might be interesting for for people to join and i share all these things in the group so just join the group great well i'll put a link to that as well as the books you mentioned in the show notes and so grateful again for all the tips you shared with us today and loved connecting again with a guest from austria you got to be the very first (laughs) hopefully not the last (laughs) yes great i love to be i love to be first (laughs) awesome awesome well thanks so much again florian thank you so much for inviting me brooke (laughs) well that's all for today thanks again for joining me here on the health investment podcast I'm so grateful for each and every one of my listeners. On your way out, remember to hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode. See you next week. All content in this podcast was created for general informational purposes only by a non-physician. None of the content should serve as a substitute for professional medical advice, treatment, or diagnosis. Always consult a qualified health provider with any questions regarding a medical condition and before making changes to your diet, lifestyle, and or exercise programs. Do not disregard any professional medical advice you have received or postpone seeking such advice because of something you heard on this podcast.